Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of The Answer Podcast with me, Daniel Dancer. And today we are joined by the Miracles of Movement mentor, Donna Riley. And today she's going to talk us through about her life and what she experienced with her near-death experience. Hello, Donna. How are you? Hi, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you were the first person You were the first person to um, accept to come on as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm the honoured. First, the first one I messaged. Exciting. So, yeah. We um, finally yeah. got here. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, yeah, so start off, we'll just start off with, talk us through your early life, about you, where you're from. Okay, so I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, I was had three brothers and no sisters, which is a big part of my journey, <laughs> especially to where I'm at right now. Um, I moved to Atlanta when I was in my early 30s, and now I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. I've been here for about a year and a half. Yep. So, and it's funny because Daniel, I grew up a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love your name. <laughs> say that. My, uh, my love, my joy was dancing um, from the time I was four or five years old. Majored in dance in college. Like that's definitely my passion. Um, so I've always been a person who's very into movement. I've studied, studied the body like for years and years and years and years. Um, became a master Pilates teacher where I trained others. But about 15 years ago or so, I started to realize I was being a little bit of a poser because one of my gifts is clairvoyance. So like when I watch a body, I I see so many levels of kind of what's going on with them as a human. And I started to really see that you can't just take a physical technique or do something physical to truly heal the physical body. You have to look at the bigger picture. You have to look at the, the thoughts that they're having, their belief systems. You have to look at the stuffed emotions, which is a huge problem. Um, the unprocessed emotions that get stuck in the body, specifically in the fascia, the tissues of the body. And if you don't address the whole human in that way, multidimensionally, you're kind of just putting a bandaid on things. And so it started, but I was too afraid to kind of branch out <laughs> until about three or four years ago where I was finally like, okay, I'm embracing like who I really am and what impact I really want to make. And um, I'm going to put myself out there and see what happens. So here I am. (laughs) Brilliant. So you said, you said to me that your, your sort of near death experience started, you were quite young, weren't you? So you said you were 12 years old. Yeah. So when I was 12, yeah, I had a near death experience. So I became very, very ill, um, with flu like symptoms. And after five or six days, they had no idea what was wrong with me. So they, they put me, um, in the hospital and I had surgery and caught pneumonia. And so spiked a fever. And I don't know, do you want me to go through the whole experience? <laughs> like yeah, the actual go, experience? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So yeah, I, um, the initial thing was there was three nurses on either side of my bed, dumping towels and buckets of ice water and putting them on me. And they're yelling kind of like, we can't get the fever down. We're losing her. We're losing her. And I initially left my body in a way that I was hovering above my body, like a hologram of myself. So I was maybe like a couple feet, which doesn't mean anything to you because you're in England, right? (laughs) Meters. I don't know what the comparison is, but for me, it was a couple feet. Okay. Um, Hovering above my body, sort of looking down and observing what they were doing. And I remember being very confused. Why, Why are they doing this? Like it made no sense to me because in my energy, 
I was ready to go. I thought this was the greatest thing ever. So I'm observing them doing this, trying to get the fever down, being all frantic and whatever. And I'm just observing this for a while. And then at one point, one of the women said, I don't think we can get this down. I think we're going to lose her. And I started to go further away from my body. And the further away that I went, the less form I became. So, and then I saw the, like, a like at the end of a tunnel, the bright, the bright white light. And I started to kind of, it was like magnets. I was being drawn to that white light. And as the closer I got to the light, the less form I became. And also the greater the light expanded in size. And so the sort of ultimate little moment for me was it felt like I was about to become one with the light. So it didn't feel like I was crossing over anything. It just felt like I'm about to merge with the light. And when that happened, I felt a gentle, like when a mother sort of taps their child a little bit, you know, to say, come along, let's go this way. Um, and I heard a voice and it was nondescript, male or female. It just said, no, it's not time. And when I came back, it was like a rocket ship. I came back really, really fast and went through my um, solar plexus, which is an interesting thing because uh, through, with healing work over the years, I've discovered you're supposed to come back through your heart. So that created some things in my life journey um, that made things difficult in many ways. Um, but that was that was kind of like, and then the, in that exact moment, they said, okay, it's coming down, it's come down, she's coming back. So that was the actual experience but the really significant part of my story is that i didn't tell anybody for i i've always lose track how many years it was by the starting point of me talking was when i was taking a personal growth workshop and this woman who was the teacher and very intuitive and, and very tuned in she pulled me aside and said you're hiding something and at first, I didn't know what she was talking about. She goes, you, you have something that it was very special that happened to you, and you're hiding it. And she said, come see me. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went to her office. She was like, what is it? And I said, I, I really don't want to talk about it. And she said, but you need to start talking about it. This is not something that you, you should hide. So I told her, and then she looked at me a certain way and said, it's time for you to start talking about this. And I said, no, I am not special. There's nothing special about this. I don't want to talk about it. So that's when I was 37. Didn't talk about it again for 10 more years. <laughs> so when I was 47, I went to a four-day meditation course, and all I saw was darkness. So all I saw was darkness, like war, mayhem, evil, murder. I mean, it was dark 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 and everybody else was blissing out and so i went to the teacher and i said something's happening to me <laughs> like i'm seeing all this darkness and i wasn't scared because a big I, I like i have zero fear of death like i look forward to it actually so so while this darkness was being shown to me it was just i was curious like what is this why am i being shown this and then on the last day of the course, the light from my near-death experience sort of overcame the darkness, but I could see both. Like the light was like shining on the darkness. And it, I got this download instantly like, oh, wow. I am being shown that I, which means all of humanity, has the capacity to hold the depths of darkness and the brightness of the fullest of light. Like it lives within us to hold it within ourselves. 
It all lives in us. And right as soon as I came out of that, I stood up and I was like, oh, I got another download. Time to start dealing with your NDE. So the next day, I had what I call an energetic meltdown. I started vibrating. I felt like I was drunk and I couldn't eat. And there happened to be a healer at the place where I was teaching at at the time. And she took one look at me and said, you need to come see me. And she saw my energy was wigging out. And I was like, what, huh, whatever. Okay, nice to meet you. And the second day, she's Donna, really, you need, you need to come see me. I can help you. And I'm like, you know, I don't really know. Da, da, da. <laughs> the third day, she grabs my hands and she pulls me into her and she says, I can handle you. Come see me. I was like, okay, well, that's really cool because I'm a passionate girl. And when my stuff comes up, it comes up. So the fact that she says I can handle you, <laughs> I was like, okay, this could be okay. Like this might, this might be okay. And I need help because my body's freaking out and I don't know what's happening right now. So I went to go see her and she does, has all kinds of tools. So she did some physical body work, some energy work, and then took me through this deep meditation and got me into this Zen out place. And then she said, now tell me the story. So I share the story. Now imagine I'm on a, um, a massage table with my eyes closed, completely Zen out, telling her the story. And I say, and then I came back in my body and I jumped up off of the table and in this crazy demonic voice, I said, and I was pissed. And I went, wow, I've been pissed since I'm 12 years old that I'm on the planet. Now this happened when I was 47. Okay. So that's 37 years <laughs> where I was pissed for being on the planet, not necessarily conscious of it. Right. And yet I was because in that moment, so much of my life flashed in front of me. And so the, the woman says to me, Donna, I understand. I've had one too. And the thing about this is you have enormous perspective on things once you've had this experience. So you walk around knowing all this is bullshit. And I just started crying. Oh, is that okay that I cussed a little bit? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. On the, um, on the west. On the west like, right. yeah. Okay, 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 okay good. Um, so I always like, I, I pretty much always like walked around with a little bit of anger and people would ask me, you know, what are you, what are you pissy about? What, what's the matter? What are you angry about? And I would just say, nobody gets it. But they were like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I couldn't explain what I meant because I didn't know until this moment that it was the contrast of pure love and light and what the bullshit that we live in basically. So I first, first time in my life felt like somebody understood me <laughs> and it felt so like comforting because I spent all those years, I worked and I educated myself and I was a hard worker and I did good for myself in all those ways. But because I didn't really want to be here, I never really put energy into developing relationships. And, you know, I would go out and have a good time, but never really genuinely connect with other humans because I couldn't relate. And I felt they couldn't relate to me. I wasn't interested in all the superficial, you know, BS and, and just partying and all that. I just, it didn't interest me. I just was doing what I had to do to survive, basically. Um, anyways, there's, that's, there's a lot more, but I just wanted to stop because I'm probably taking over your whole podcast. No, nah, you're right. <laughs> nah, it's good. Nah, it's good. It's good. It's you're good like, good, I yeah. don't have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> makes, my, makes my life easier. 
All right. Well, let me carry on with sort of like the big conclusion to all this. So that's when I was 47. Then I realized, wow, I like, I went through some deep grief because I realized I literally have not been fully living for 37 years, like the prime years of my life, pretty much. Like I wasn't really fully living. And I went into some real deep grief around that. And then some other cool things happened. Long story, got interviewed for a documentary about this, and that was all fun. But then about four or five years ago, I have a friend who's like a functional medicine specialist, and she does a lot of, with um, trauma and brain therapies. And she said to me, you're, you know, Donna, you're still operating a lot from like PTSD, like from your, from your near-death experience. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like that, that wasn't traumatizing. That was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. She's like, no, you didn't process it for so many years. She's like, just start learning about that and start educating yourself and see if you can, you know, try to do some more healing around it. So as I learned more about it, I realized, wow, I, yeah, she's right. I've, all this time I had been pretty much dissociating and checking out and, so then I realized, okay, now I got to deal with this. Well, one of my tools that I use in my work is fascia release work. So the fascia is the connective tissue of the body. And I do uh, release and decompression work to open up the tissues, release held emotions, things like that. So one day I was doing a self-practice of this and my little 12-year-old girl showed up with angel wings on her back. And she was flying to the light and she would go like this. She would grab the light and then she would fly back and place the light in my heart. And she was doing that. And I was like, wow, what is, what is she doing? And I realized, oh, wow, she's retrieving the parts of myself that I left behind. And then I stood up and there was music playing in the background and she and I started dancing together and we were going to the light and coming back. We were going to the light and coming back. And before she the finality of that is she jumped into my body. But before she did that, she whispered to me like a mom would like whisper something gentle to a child. And she said, you don't have to leave to go to the light. You can be in the light and share it with everybody else. Yeah. And so that was my soul retrieval experience that happened right before COVID. And I remember when COVID hit, I was kind of laughing to myself because I was like, wow, this is so fascinating universe. Like really you are, I spent my whole life like basically afraid of people because I didn't understand how they were so mean to each other and violent and hateful. And I just, I was like, I don't even get people. So I didn't really connect. Now the general population is all freaking out living in fear and I have zero. And I also just got a clear message from spirit that I'm meant to be here right now. Like I was brought fully back in my body at a key moment in the, in our like timeline of us being here in, as humanity. And I knew it's time to really fully show up. You're needed. You're here for this purpose. Like this, you're, you've been in this training for like 40 years of your life and it's time to show up and truly help humanity. So that's sort of like, the generic trajectory. <laughs> so I don't know if you have any questions or if you want me to share so, more, well, just, whatever you... If we go back to like the near-death experience, we'll start from the beginning and sort of work our way through. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, obviously, what was the feelings like when it happened? Like, because you obviously, obviously oh, you're was... like, you're coming, you're coming back and you're not happy, obviously. So that's right. I was not happy. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was, what was the feeling? Yeah. Like? 
which is the opposite. If you listen to other people talk about near death, they, they say the opposite. They're so grateful to be back, and it's like you know whatever. And I was like, yeah, so it's sort of a mixed no bag, isn't it? Like, there's a, there's yeah. A few, so you know. when I because when I was leaving my body, that feeling when I was hovering, watching them try to save my life, was the most powerful, peaceful, blissed out feeling. It was just nirvana. I, I was just like, yes, peace out, people. I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye-bye. I even remember my mom was standing at the foot of the hospital bed, right? And she looks terrified, right? Because she's watching her daughter potentially die in front of her. And I was so confused. I was looking at her like, what? Why are you, why are you sad? Why are you scared? This is like the greatest thing ever. I'm good. I'm real good. Right? It didn't even... I was so blissed out and so in that energetic high. It didn't even occur to me or I don't even know what words to use, but I had no thought of the fact that she was scared because she was going to lose me. Like I, that didn't even enter my consciousness. And I've heard that before. It was just, I was in such a blissed out state. Yeah. I've heard that before. Okay, I've heard that okay. before yeah. from other people. Other people have said something like that. Yeah. Like, there was, I think there was, a lady, there was a lady on um, YouTube that I was listening to. And she was actually getting attacked by her husband, and he and Oof. and she was dying, and she had an experience oh of goodness. coming off, coming out of her. Um, so like like you said, seeing her seeing her body and seeing her getting beaten and stuff. Even though she, yeah. she was she was so scared for her son next door, but as she said when she was right. out when wow. she was out of her body, she didn't even fear for the son. Right. Of like, yeah. And like that's crazy. Like how a, how a, like the comparisons from like other people's stories. All coming yeah. into one, and that's that's one that's always really stuck with me because I, I sort of I sort of imagine it as like I don't know if you were dying and I don't know if you're in a hospice or whatever, and you've got your family around you, and everyone's all upset, yeah. and then you're actually up there loving it. fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and what one of the things when you look about that, look at that energetically, right? Like one of the things that's so blissful and beautiful um, when you when you see the light or in, or in the light is the energies are so high and open, whereas like the, our physical body in this physical world, 3D world, that the energies are so dense. So when you go into those higher realms of energy, everything is peaceful and beautiful and you understand the divine perfection of everything, even though in the 3D, it seems, you know, it is hurtful and painful and difficult, but it's like the contrast becomes so clear, like once you have that. Yeah. So another thing I was going to ask as well, do you know, like, obviously, because you were quite young when you had it and you didn't, you yeah. never really spoke about it. Was you worried about what people would think about you? So that's another little snippet that I left out. So I didn't really know why until I got interviewed for the documentary. So yeah, talk us through the documentary it was a as well. What was it yeah. yeah, so I, I was working out at the gym. It, it's called Death as Life is the name of the documentary. It's many, many years ago. But um, so I was working out at the gym and I, this one woman that we she and I would see each other a lot and just say hi. And one day she just said, you know, we need to introduce ourselves. We never actually physically met, you know, pleasantries, pleasantries. And, she, and I said, well, what do you do? And she said, well, I'm currently making a documentary about, you know, about near-death experiences. And I said, oh, well, I've had one. And she's like, could you be interviewed on camera? I'm like, sure, why not? So now understand this happened right after that four day meditation course. So this happened right after that awareness that I was pissed off for the past several years of my life and all that. So this was going to be the first time that I was going to talk publicly about it. And it was going to be in a documentary movie. Okay. 
So I couldn't have prepared my answers. I couldn't have like made anything up because I had never talked about it. So whatever came out of me was my genuine truth, right? Well, one of the questions she asked me was, why don't you think you never told anybody? And what came out of me was, I don't think I was emotionally mature enough to handle the responsibility. So something in my soul knew that through this experience comes the responsibility. And I also have become aware now that I pretty much got emotionally stunted at 12 because I didn't tell anybody and because I just went into hiding and being angry. So in many ways, I, I really wasn't emotionally mature enough. I didn't have enough reverence or respect or awe for the experience. I was too emotionally mature to have that. So that was, that was like very fascinating that that came out of my mouth because I had never consciously thought that. It was, so I was like, okay, well, that's clearly my truth. Like I didn't, and there's another factor that I was aware of on a conscious level, which is my mother was very religious, very Catholic. And my mother also always put me on a pedestal and sort of lived through me. And I knew there was no way in hell I was going to tell her because she would like parade me around like a freak show and make me tell everybody. And so that was like my psyche's way of protecting myself like in, in the in the physical world of things. Are you so, still a Catholic now? Yeah. No. 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 I mean, I knew at five years old that, no offense, but for me, yeah. for my life and my personal journey, that was not in alignment with what I believed. Yeah. yeah. So on this four-day meditation, so what's this, where was this four-day meditation and sort of what, I've, I don't know what it is. is it, was it like, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a retreat. It was more there was a um I don't know if you've ever heard of the art of living. No. It's like a spiritual community, a spiritual center. Um, so they had this is when I was living in Atlanta, they had a facility where they would run these like retreats the only, for with meditation. Do you want to know? I think it's Okinawa. There's one like that. I okay. don't know. Is it sort of like that? Yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of different types of things like this, but um and I can't remember the guru they follow. They follow like an Indian guru, or I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, so it was at their facility in Atlanta. So you would go, um, I think we were there like four or five hours a day. And so we'd end up doing like, you know, you'd go into deep meditation and then you'd process and talk about it. And then they do a little teaching around like, you know, what's happening and why it's happening. And yeah, so that was what that was about. And do you reckon that's quite a significant part of your story doing that four days? Like... Yeah, I, yeah. I was ahead. saying, like, if you didn't go, do you reckon that you'd still be, you'd still be out more out and open about it, or do you reckon that you would, you would still not be talking about it? No, yeah, I probably would not be talking about it because I had to have that moment where I, where I was still in the light and the dark, and then have my body go into the freak out in order for then me to find the healer, in order for them to me to realize how you yeah. know. See what I'm saying? Like, it's like it was all so divine. Really, you you look at the trajectory, which that's one of my biggest teachings is that. You know, the only suffering is when we don't accept what is. And I think Eckhart Tolle said that, right? It's like, if we really operate from the higher realms of understanding that everything truly is divine, even the thing that seems the most awful to you, you know, it truly has a divine, a higher purpose. And so if we can, rather than resist it, if we can accept it and look for that, be curious, why is this happening? Not poor me, but there's a reason for this. What could this be? Oh, I'm being asked to get stronger at this. I'm being asked to heal this part of me that allowed this to happen to me or whatever, right? So it's like, to me, that's a big, 
and I think when you get to my age, I just turned 60 and, and it's, you really do see, you know, the, all these different things in your life. You're like, wow, this led to this and this led to this and this couldn't have happened if that happened, you know? So you really see that so clearly as you get older. Yeah. I'm only 27, so I'm not really there yet. <laughs> I know you're just a baby. <laughs> yeah. I said to somebody the other day, I said, I, I, I've been meeting a bunch of new people because I only moved here a year and a half ago and I only knew one person when I moved here and I was called here intuitively. So it was a very interesting emotional process I went through. But um, I said, God, you know, I'm going to these meetup groups and a lot of these women are looking at me like I'm Jesus and telling me I'm so wise and inspiring. And it, and it hit me. I'm like, all oh, right, that's just because I'm old. That's that. Okay. In other words, like I'm, I'm not old in terms of like old, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm the older, wiser woman now, right? You get to a certain age and you've had enough heartaches and enough things that you've overcome and enough and you gain a lot of wisdom. And then it's like, you know, the people that are coming along the journey, a little few steps behind you, you're the one that sort of, you know, has that wisdom to share. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to, I'd like to know more about this spiritual healing. What is it that you do then? Um, well, I don't consider my work spiritual healing per se. I would not advertise it that way. It's kind of the opposite, but the same. So how am I going to explain this? So the key piece of my work is feminine embodiment coaching. What does that mean? <laughs> so I look at, um, and especially I specialize with women over like 40, 45, because one of the saddest things to me is women get to a certain age and they basically get so caught up in just the day-to-day -day life and I got to do this and I got to do that. And then they're feeling like they're just getting old. They're telling themselves that their body's falling apart. They're running to the doctor constantly for whatever. And they basically slowly kind of like wither away, like their spirit, their spirit, their, their essence of who they are as a woman starts to diminish. Their light starts to go out. Right. And that shows up in the way that somebody moves. So for me, how you move is how you move through life. So if you're stiff and achy and cranky, that's how you're moving through your life. And that has an impact on everybody around you. Um, so, but the spiritual healing work, you know, it's a lot of people like to separate the body from the spirit of the soul. To me, it's, it's not separate. So the more you go deeper into the healing journey within yourself, within this physical world that we're in, it automatically, then your body is literally physically open to receive more energy, to receive more intuition, and to more openly and cleanly have a channel to connect to the higher realms. Because if the body's dense and is sick and filled with toxic shit, and the fascia is all adhered and uh, locked up, so therefore the organs are locked up, the body's not functionally fully, the body's literally freezing up because it constricts all the tissues and there's not enough blood flow and oxygen flow. So how can you have energy clearly moving through this dense vessel you can't so you have to open the body this is one of my phrases open the body open the body open the body and that happens through how you move it happens through the words that you use it happens through what you choose to eat or how you nourish your body it happens through so many variables through the bigger picture of how you live your life that's really interesting i've never I've never even thought even heard of it sort of like that cool. actually I can open your mind yeah. a little bit. <laughs> See if I can find a mentor around, um, around in where I live in England. <laughs> yeah. That's the... yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 the other thing is too, there is no one answer to anything, right? Like if I look back at my journey, I spent time, energy, and money in my emotional healing, in my spiritual healing, 
in my mental healing and in my physical healing and seeing how they're all interrelated. But sometimes certain stages of your life, you put more emphasis on one than the other. In my experience right now, the number one thing that we need to be working on is emotional healing. We've been living in collective trauma for the past eight years. And so and most people don't even really deal with the trauma to begin with. They don't even know it's trauma. Because like if you grew up a certain way, you think it's just normal to be yelled and screamed at all the time or whatever. Um, and so right now, and that's why people are so reactive right now. You know, like you cross the street and somebody's yelling at you because you crossed the wrong way or something. You know, everybody's very reactive right now because we're in collective trauma. And if you're not dealing with that, if you're not staying grounded, if you don't know tools to keep yourself centered and grounded and let emotions move through you so you don't hold them in and then react and act like a lunatic, then that's where a lot of the violence and the problems occur. So right now, you know, and even even like the way we move, I talk about, you know, a lot of people move very violently meaning they're doing all these hardcore kind of physical things that borderline are abusive to themselves, right? We don't stop and slow down and let the body rest, let the body have some, you know, nurturing, quiet, peaceful time, right? So everybody's in this constant state of heightened like stress. And I just had a recent client, we were doing a, she's brand new. And our first session we did, which I do with everybody, it's called a visceral fascia release. And it's very calming and very grounding, and it's very focused on diaphragmatic breathing and having pressure in your abdomen. So it's like when you feel pressure up against your body, it makes you very aware and present. Oh my God, there's something in my body, right? So it makes you aware of your body. You're not thinking about other things. She, we did this for only four minutes, and she literally looked up at me and she said, oh my gosh, I just realized I'm never calm. I was like, yeah, because until we have that contrast, right? Like if we are never truly quiet and still and relaxed with no stimulation, right? That's the other thing. No TV, no like phone, no whatever. Just quiet within ourselves, within our own body. We feel that and then we become aware, holy crap, I'm living in a constant state of go, 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 go. Got to do this, got to do that, got to do this. Gotta... And she's got sciatica. Her body's screaming at her. It's on the left side of her body. That's the feminine side. Like her feminine side is saying, excuse me, excuse me. I need some love and attention. I need some nurturing, right? I need you to slow down and pay attention. Give me some love. Our body's always letting us know I what need, we need. I think I right? need some of that. We think the answer is in the doctor's office and it's not. Yeah. The answer is not in the doctor's office. It's within you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, I, I, was interrupted say, you. I, I think I need some, something like that. You know, I'm, I'm a bit like that. I just can't switch off ever. I'm, yeah. if, I'm, I'm like, yeah. you know, I'll it's be on my part... phone or something like that when I work or just constantly i'm on the go all the time i just never get time to just yeah sit there for like i don't know five minutes yeah and yeah go. and that's that takes a conscious do you have, effort. Do you have anything you have on be, like youtube or anything be... okay, no i'm so bad at publicity and stuff <laughs> be, good to see, be good to see that that's on the list for this year i gotta start really doing those kind of things you know i when i went on on my own I, I did everything online and i i know nothing about it so i've been doing a lot of learning the past couple of years just even you know how doing the zoom and doing this and doing that so yeah this year i know i need to up up the ante a little bit and get a little bit more uh out there yeah. <laughs> so you said a, you did a couple of things hmm. that was interesting as well so one you're not afraid of dying Oh God, no. Never. Mm -hmm. No, as a matter of fact, when somebody dies, I'm like, God, they're so freaking lucky. <laughs> like, I'm jealous. 
Oh, that's crazy. See, I'm someone. I'm someone that's. I'm the someone only, that's so scared thing, of it as well. I don't know why. Yeah. Now, the only thing that keeps me here, I have a dog who I love to pieces, and 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 I had one before her, and I would say the dog for me is very, like my term is she tethers me to the earth. Like I'm aware that I have responsibility for her, and I love that. And that would be the only reason, like, if I died tomorrow, that would be devastating from the sense of leaving her. But if I didn't have my dog, I'd be like, I'm cool. Whenever you want to take me, I'm good. Let's go. So. Yeah. It's funny because, like, you've obviously, you've gone from, from, like, 37 years of not talking about it or long, whatever it was. And now, and now it's just, mm -hmm. now it's something yeah. that's sort of made you who you are. So always talking about it. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, and it was interesting because when I first was thinking of going on my own and I was working with a business mentor, I kept saying to her, uh, even though I, I'm a, a movement expert and a fascia expert and I do coaching, I have a lot of um, tools like through emotional healing work and energy healing work. I'm also a Reiki master energy healer. So, but how do I tie in my NDE to that? Like it was very important to me that like part of my brand was this. And for me, it makes sense now because I spent most of my life not in my body. Like, I know what it's like, and I know what I had to do to get back in and to live fully, life fully with vitality and zero fear. That's the key. Most people are living in fear right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not. Like, of everything and everything. It doesn't help, does it, as well? Like, everything that's going on in this fucking world at the minute. It's just crazy. Right, but but if you understood, uh, then this is where my message about that scene that I saw in my uh, four-day meditation course, when I saw the depths of the violence and the darkness and then the light sort of like shone on that and overcame that, that's a big part of what I want to share with people because it's okay. Like the light, uh, the light is shining on the darkness right now, meaning all the things that have been in the shadows are now being exposed because literally, scientifically, we know this, there's more light coming onto the planet. So it's like a spotlight all of a sudden is being shown into those little dark alleys that we never saw before. So it's actually a really good thing. It's not easy to live through, which is why you've got to do the self-care and, and the quiet and all that that I talked about. But it's happening for the, because we're evolving as a species, right? We're, we're becoming more conscious. We're becoming more um, desiring to be more connected to our hearts and to each other. We don't necessarily know how, right? And that's why people like me exist, right? To sort of like be a guide and be a mentor. But the first most important relationship and connection you need is with yourself. That's the most important connection. And most people are disassociating and or numbing out. I mean, drinking is on the rise. Everywhere I go, people are like vaping or doing something, mushrooms, this, that, this, that. Like, hello. But at the same time, I'm meeting all kinds of people that are like, hey, let's let's be sober together. Let's, you know, so we can really be completely alive. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like, because as much as you see violence and craziness around us, there's also incredible amounts of beauty. And so what are you going to focus on? Yeah, I get what you mean. Do you help, do you help a lot of people <laughs> with like, obviously with struggles with mental health and stuff? Yeah, they don't come to me for that, but like the, the new client, when they work with me, they have that epiphany of like, wow, I've been living like completely stressed out, completely like thinking all kinds of negative thoughts. Like they start to become more aware because they become more connected to themselves and they see that there's other ways to, to feel good in their body, to feel good being on the planet. 
without having all that stuff, right? <clears throat> so, and also this new research, which is fascinating, which nobody's really talking about except in, in my world of, of fascia expertise. The fascia is, there's some new theories about like um, mental health stuff in terms of if your fascia is not healthy, then your body is in a constant state of distress. And that's what causes the mental health problems. So it's a different, like we tend to think the mental health problems are caused by the mind or the emotions. Now the emotions are very much the body, but it's an interesting twist and it makes a whole lot of sense when you really ponder it. Like I was saying, if the fascia is very tight and dehydrated, then it constricts the tissues, the cells, every part of the body, then the body's in distress. Well, when a body's in distress, you're going to feel anxiety, right? It's kind of like, yeah, when you think about that, it's like, well, yeah, that just makes sense. You know, so it's an interesting, very complex topic, that mental health yeah. topic, because <laughs> you got to layer in the trauma and, and the epigenetics of like, you know, the, the potential, you know, family lineage. But with family lineage, the gene will only be expressed with the right environment to be expressed. In other words, if you're, if you're somebody who's had trauma for years in your lineage, but then you grow up in an environment where you learn tools and you understand how to take care of yourself and you understand what you need to stay, you know, mentally um, in a stable place, then you're not going to end up with the uh, mental health problems that maybe your ancestors had, right? So just because it's genetically predisposed doesn't mean it needs to be expressed in this lifetime. So... It's really interesting. I was like, just sort of like trying to trying to work work all the way through it. I quite that's good. Yeah. I'm gonna try um try to see if there's anything local, local to me that I could um, maybe go into. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, so then we're coming to the end now. Anyway. So um, what what have you got for the future? Yeah. What's in the future and um, what you got doing? Oh well, like I said earlier, I'm my big goal this year is it's time to get more out there. Um. And it's so strange because as you can see from me being so talkative and open, I'm not afraid to go out there. It's more just the daunting, like, I, you know, it's, I'm by myself. So it's like, and I can't afford to pay somebody to do it right now. So it's like figuring out how to, you know, do things myself and, and then try to generate, you know, more um, exposure, therefore more money, therefore more help, you know, it's that whole, <laughs> you know, that whole journey. So, so that's a big piece. And then, I'm currently starting, I've been doing um, embodiment circles for women. So um, that's something that I really want to build and grow and expand a lot more on. And yeah, just kind of continuing. I ultimately, I've, I've been part of two books, um, a collaborative, collaborative books that became international, number one international selling um, books. And I still have a dream of doing my own book. So we'll see. I don't necessarily think about that for this year. And then I'd like to find my love. I still haven't found my love You're yet. not married. So that would be exciting. No. no. You got, have you, you, have you got kids? No. 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 So that's next. No, I was married for a short time, but I married a narcissist. It was the classic, like, sensitive girl who had no self-esteem and married the man who was abusive predator. I mean, it's literally out of the textbooks. Um, and so that's been a big... I have a lot of knowledge and experience with a lot of the narcissistic abuse and low self-esteem you know highly sensitive relationships so i do a lot of um supporting of younger women in that as well that's 
I was just at a party last night and I was talking to one girl about this and she's like, oh my gosh, I really need your help. <laughs> it was like trying to come out of that, that mindset of, you know, not setting the boundaries, thinking that's okay. Um, you know, going into more your own self-esteem, your own self-worth, like that's a, that's a long journey for a lot of women because I mean, many reasons, but also just the society we live in has been so patriarchal for so long and we've been so oppressed and suppressed and repressed that half the women I know are just numbed out. Like that's just, okay, that's just the way it is. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be. Like you can show up fully in your own feminine energy in your own power and then understand that's actually why they're trying to suppress and repress us because we are actually very powerful. So when we own that, you know, that's, um, shifts the dynamic of all our relationships. So, yeah. That's really nice that you have, like trying to help other people as well, going through that sort of, sort of thing. So there are some scumbags in this world, isn't there? Yeah. You know, and it's like, we always have to remember that, like what I was saying earlier, everything is divine and also everything is vibration and energy. Meaning, you know, if we attract something in our lives, it's because we're holding that energy within ourselves and we're attracting it for healing. So, you know, rather than putting the blame and saying, well, that person's a jerk or that person's whatever. Okay. Then, but why didn't you attract them into your life? And sometimes you attracted them in for you to say no, for you to say like, I'm sorry, you can't talk to me like that. Right. It's an opportunity for you to, you know, be in a higher version of yourself. So instead of judging or blaming them, you're taking ownership. Like, okay, I drew them in. Oh, right. I drew them in. So I could say no. Right. And the more I let people know how I deserve to be treated, the higher level of people that I attract into my life. That's a good way. <laughs> good way to end it. And so if any if you, if anyone well, wants to find good. any of your stuff, where can they find it? Really simple. Just go to contactdonna.me and you'll get um be able to get my email and um I have a few things on there right now. I think I'm doing a special for um although I need to update this. Um, but I was doing a special for um, a session where I can evaluate. I'm very quick when I watch you move, I can very quickly assess like what's going on um, and sort of give you some feedback with, you know, some direction in terms of, it's not just healing. It really is about also the physical um, well-being in terms of mobility as we age, in terms of like chronic, and like this woman with the sciatica she's had for years. Um, so we're working on that. But yeah, contact Donna.me. Really easy. Brilliant. Well, Donna, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And um, I w Thank you so right. much for the opportunity and good luck with your yeah. new venture Thank here. Thank you. Well, I wish you all the best. Yes, you Take too. Care. Take care.